Hip Hop Digital Exposure, episode number 26 with Wendy Day. I mean, we all have personal experiences where we heard a song and then said, well, what else does this person or this band or this group or this collective have? And then we fall in love and we buy everything that they have. Sure. Real stories from today's dopest successful entrepreneurs in the hip-hop industry. Join Corey Lee Griffin and today's Rhymepreneur give y'all some game. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at onlinerapmarketing.com slash audio. That's onlinerapmarketing.com slash A-U-D-I-O. All right, Hip Hop Digital Nation, let's get this thing started. I'm super excited and ready to introduce my guest today, Wendy Day. Are you ready to flow? Am I? All right. Wendy Day, she founded the not-for-profit Rap Coalition in March of 1992. I had a disgust for the way the urban artists are unfairly exploited in the music industry, and I feel that same way. And since, since 1992, Rap Coalition has impacted the urban music industry by just helping for free thousands of artists, DJs, producers, individuals, you know, as well as through monthly panels, seminars, demo listenings, you know, cypher sessions, showcases, and uh, the fair fair deal negotiations. And, you know, today, Rap Coalition, it actually continues to help pull artists out of bad deals with record labels, production companies. So you guys that are listening, you're in such of a treat because, you know, this is what Wendy Day does. She teaches the business side of the music industry to thousands of artists and and, and the industry hopefuls from around the country. So I'm super exactly. excited, you know, for Wendy to be here. I've given our listeners just a little overview, Wendy, you know, so if you could just take a minute, tell us about you personally so that we can get to know you a little bit and just give us an overview of your business and your movement that you got going on. Absolutely. Um, I'm older than dirt. So I started <laughs> listening to rap in the 1980s when I graduated from high school. And it was the passion and the energy in the music that really sucked me in. And what's really cool is in all these years, it hasn't lost me. I still love the music and the art form. Um, I, I decided that I wanted to work with rap artists when I hit about 30 years old. I decided that um, I wanted to give back some of the happiness and enjoyment that I got from listening to my favorite artists. Mm-hmm. So I started the not-for-profit Rap Coalition in 1992, as you had mentioned. Um, and then round about 1995, I realized that what's even better than getting an artist out of a bad deal is helping to get them into a good deal. So I started a for-profit company called Power Moves to fund the not-for-profit. Hmm. And the way that we fund it is by helping artists that have leverage get into really great record deals, right? So the first deal that I ever did was... Um, I got to play a part in Master P's deal at Priority Records, the No Limit deal. And that was a really nice deal to have under my belt as my first deal. It enabled me to go on and do Twista's deal at Atlantic. I went on to do Eminem's deal at Aftermath, um, the Cash Money deal at Universal. Uh, What else have I done? David Banner's deal at Universal. Um, I shot Boozy and Webby's deal. Um, I ended up not doing their deal because I didn't think that they should sign to Warner Brothers. Mm. I thought if they had signed with another label that they could have really gone further, um, but they didn't really hear me, though. So <laughs> they went on to sign to Asylum, and, and you know I, I let them go with my blessing. Um, so that's kind of what I've done over the past 22 years or 23 years that I've been in this business. And in the past decade, I've helped artists start their own labels. The the artists that have um, secured investors and the funding to put out their own records, um, they come to me and I help them with their business. I help set it up from A to Z. So mm. we structure it, we organize it, and we also help artists um, to set, to make money with their music, you know, to sell music and shows and merchandise and all the things that go along with um you know with with working their own projects yeah 
Yeah, wow, wow. I mean, I can just imagine somebody who has you on their team, just the feeling that they have of just knowing that, you know, they're working with somebody with integrity like yourself. So thank Thanks. you for That's that. That's a huge compliment. You know, one of the things I run into, though, is when guys hire me, they think that they can sit back and, and, mm. and not work because they think, oh, you're Wendy Day. You're going to be able to get me either, you know, a ton of money or a record deal, depending on whatever their goal is. And that's not the case. They still need to work. They still need to make the effort. What I bring is the blueprint, you yeah. know, because I've done this so many times. I've seen what it, what it takes to either stay independent profitably or to get a record deal. Um, so regardless of whether you're down with me or not, you've, you've really got to work to succeed in music. You've got to outwork everybody. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that. And, you know, here it's so hit- important. At Hip Hop Digital Exposure, you know, we like to start off every show with our guest's favorite either success quote or hip hop quote, whatever comes up, you know, and it's our it's our way of just getting the trap moving. So, Wendy Day, what's your favorite success quote and how do you apply this to your everyday mentality? Oh, can I pick two? Can I pick two? You can can do two. two. Absolutely. Excellent. Let me let me let me give you both of them, and then I'll talk a little bit about how each applies to me. Cool. Um, the fr- and they're both in my, the signature of my email, so anybody who's ever received an email from me can attest to this. Um, the first one is who I am is exactly who I want to be, mm. and then the second one is everything you want is on the other side of fear, and that one motivates me the most because there are times in life when I'll be a little bit nervous to pick up the phone to call somebody or I'll be a little bit nervous to do something that I have to do. You know, I especially don't enjoy confrontation. So there are times when I'll have to confront somebody and I know an argument is coming and I really just stop and I take a deep breath and I think about the fact that everything that I want is on the other side of that anxiety and that nervousness and that fear that I'm feeling. And once I accept that, I know that I can just plow through it. And if I do what makes me uncomfortable, I'm going to succeed one way or the other. So that, that, um, that quote has really, really, really taken me far, you know, in, in every instance from asking a record label, if we can have the masters to an artist or to, seeing you know a guy that i like and i want to ask him out to have a cup of coffee like everything you want is on the other side of fear so as long as you can just feel that fear and do it anyway you're straight and then the other the other quote is you know who i am is who i want to be and that's so important because this industry is all smoke and mirrors Mm -hmm. and there's so many people who pretend to be able to do things that they can't or they pretend to have more money than they really have or, or even in the case of like a Russell Simmons, they pretend to have less money than they really have. Like, it just seems like nobody wants to be who they are. Yeah. And for me, um, living a lie isn't comfortable. I'm not comfortable if I'm not who I am. So like what you see is what you get. Like, this is me. Fuck it. And if you can't handle who I am, then, you know, I, I, I don't know what else to say because it doesn't get any better than this. You know, yeah. this is it. Yeah, no, it sounds like you live your life outside of your comfort zone, you know. And I try to. It's hard. But it's I try it's to. hard, yeah, but no, yep. but that's why you're at where you're at. That's that's it, my it, observation. It 100% you know? <laughs> is, yes. Yeah, no, I love that. It I love 100% that quote. is. That's a dope quote. That's a really dope quote. And I want to just jump into our next topic, which is, you know, failure. And, you know, at Hip Hop Digital Exposure, we dive into the journey of our, you know, spotlighted hip hop entrepreneur and every entrepreneur, you know what I'm saying? They have a time in their journey where it, it, they fall off. You know, they, they so Wendy Day, if you could just tell us about a time in your journey where you fell off business-wise and how you Absolutely. fell off, you know? Absolutely. It was a big one, too. It was a cliff. It was a fucking cliff. Um, you know, back in the early part of my career, I felt like I would start so many projects and they would just crumble and I remember talking to Kadar Massenberg. This is back when he ran Motown Records. And I said to him, you know, dude, out of like 10 projects that I start, only I only get to complete one. And it's so frustrating because I feel like I'm wasting my time on nine others. And he laughed at me and he said, he said, Wendy, 
do you know how amazing one out of ten is? <laughs> he said, I start like 30 and one comes through. And you're bitching about, you know, one out of ten, and the average is probably one out of 50. So I was really thankful because it put it into perspective for me. Um, but I have to say one of my biggest failures was also my biggest success. Isn't that crazy? Mm. Um, the cash money deal. After I did the cash money deal, um, I had trouble getting the guys to pay me. And I couldn't, I couldn't really understand why because I had like landed them this $30 million deal. And of course, you know, as time has, has worn on, I now realize they don't pay anybody, right? Well, but back yeah. then, <laughs> I didn't know that. So I'm like, well, why would I get these guys such a great deal and they wouldn't pay me? Well, behind behind that situation, because I couldn't, you know, I didn't get paid, therefore I couldn't pay my rent, I couldn't pay for the upkeep on my storage facility, you know, I couldn't afford to eat, I was cash advancing credit cards to survive, and I hit a brick wall. You know, I got evicted from my apartment, all of my belongings were put out on the on the front doorstep. I lived in Brooklyn at the time, so pretty much I lost everything that I owned. I lost all my baby pictures. Mm. I mean, y you name it, I lost it. I lost anything that had sentimental value to me, certainly anything that had financial value. So in 1998, it's like I was stripped of everything I owned and forced to start over again in life with really shitty credit because my credit was in the toilet from having worked on the cash money deal for nine months without making money. And what it taught me was two things. One, not to put all of my eggs in one basket, to make sure that I divide my time amongst things that can bring income into my life so that if one thing doesn't pay me, it doesn't like completely end my financial life. Um, and then the second thing was when this happened, I didn't have a contract with them. Everything we had done was on a handshake. So when I went to court, because everything was on a handshake, it was really difficult to prove that we had an agreement. So, you know, I'm really thankful for the fact that I had a paper trail and I had saved like every email, every fax, every, every, everything that I, I received or sent out on their behalf. So I was able to come into um, um, court with a banker's box full of paperwork that proved that I really did do the work for them and that they really were um, co-signing me to do that work. They were spurring me on. They were telling me, you know, good job, you know, let's get it. So it, it enabled me to prove that I was involved. But had I just held out for a contract it would have made my life so much easier. And at the end of the day, it took me three years to sue them, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, it probably would have taken me about six months to, to get, you know, to just show a contract, get paid, and keep it moving. They wouldn't have been able to, um, to jerk me like they did as easily as they did if I had had a contract. Yeah, wow. That's a, that's a good... So everything in writing, guys. Get everything in writing. If you guys are driving pullover... And write that down. Get everything in writing because I see that happen so much, and not just in you know the the hip hop industry, but in real estate. I see it in you know all kind of different things, and everything needs to be in writing. That's 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 some really. really I mean, you take it back to the basics, but at the end of the day, a lot of people don't follow those rules, you know. And I didn't because you know even with the artists that I was managing at the time, I you know they were my family, they were my friends, mm. so I didn't bother getting things in writing. I felt like. You know, if you if you want to leave, you should be able to leave, but not after somebody does nine months worth of work and, you know, puts everything on the line for you. You shouldn't be able to just walk away. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I'm... it was a great it was a great lesson Bet I never forget it. Yeah. No. Wow. Thank you for that. And, you know, no problem. At, at some point in your journey, you've had so many light bulbs. I mean, you've started company after company, nonprofit, profits to pay for yes. nonprofits, you know, and these yes. light bulbs came on and you had this aha, this dope idea. If you could just tell us one story and, you know, kind of dive into this topic of this aha moment leading up to this light bulb moment. If you could just tell this one story about you actually, uh, you know, turning a, a, a idea into, into something just success. Absolutely. Um, it came in 
1994. I had st- I had been running Rap Coalition for two years, and I was pulling artists out of bad deals. And I had pulled hundreds of artists out of bad deals at this point. And there was an artist called Preacher Earl. I still remember his name. He was from the Bronx. And I pulled him out of his deal. I can't remember the name of the label anymore, but I remember he had a party and he invited me to his party and he was celebrating his freedom. And I went to this party and everybody was super happy and the music was playing and there was a DJ and, you know, free booze and free food. And everybody was so happy because Preacher Earl got free of his record deal. And I was happy too because I was able to free him of a bad situation but I started to think about well what's he going to do now like his Mm -hmm. dream was to be a rapper and this record deal had burned out like three or four years of his life and now he was like a little bit aged to be a rapper and I was really worried like is he going to start over what's he going to do you know and and I was sad while everybody else was happy at this party I was really sad because he didn't get to live his dream. And that's when I realized that pulling somebody out of a bad deal is wonderful. It's great. I, I, I don't down it at all. But what's even better is if I can teach somebody what's fair and acceptable so they don't get jerked hmm. and help them get into a position where they have the leverage to be able to land an awesome deal that that leads them to success that to me is the real success and yeah. and from that point forward that's what i started to do yeah no absolutely i, I believe in that 100 percent too you know at the end of the day especially nowadays you know so that that's a that's a wonderful story and you know what what do you think is one clear lesson that maybe you can give some some guidance to either some managers out there or you know some because at the end of the day there's people out there that are helping other people with these careers and sometimes yes. they don't know what the hell they're That's doing. That's the problem. They're not qualified <laughs> to help. Exactly. So you know if, if you come into the music industry and 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 you think that you get a video on World Star and then tomorrow you're a superstar you know which is crazy but you know so many people believe that and you manage an artist and that's your goal is to do something for the artist to benefit their career but you don't really know what's going to benefit their career you're really wasting that artist's time and your own time as well yeah. so one of the things that I would love for people to take away from our time together is to learn as much as you can about the music industry before jumping in. Just like you wouldn't step on a basketball court and play against LeBron James or Kobe Bryant, I would hope that you would do the same thing in the music industry. You would learn how the game is played. You would learn who your worthy opponents are, who's successful, who's not, why they're successful, why the ones that aren't successful aren't successful. Just take the time to learn, even if it takes six months out of your life, you know? I spent years learning how the music business works. So when I meet somebody who doesn't spend the time to learn, it really kind of pisses me off mm. because I take it really serious. Like this is my this is my life. This is my job. This is my being. So if somebody just pops into the music business and says, oh, this looks kind of cool. Yeah. I think I'll manage this artist but they don't know how to manage or they don't know how to move that artist's career forward or even what it takes to succeed, it's just it's not fair to the artist. It's not fair to the industry. It's not fair to yourself. You've really got to learn how this shit works. Yeah, yeah. And, that you know, that's the biggest – that's one of the biggest reasons why I started the show is because I wanted I, – I, I'm, I'm I was so sick and tired of seeing how artists – you know, promoted themselves. And so I really do appreciate those words. And if you guys are listening, you, the person that's listening right now, take some time to rewind what she just said and really write down what she said, because it's very important for you to understand the game before you just jump into it. It's hugely important. And, and And the main thing is I've seen so many artists go down the wrong path And then they start to think that they're not successful enough, that they don't rap well enough, they don't choose the right beats, Mm. their timing is off. And it's none of that. Mm. The reality is they're more talented 
than the next man. They're, they're, they're more incredible. They work harder. The problem is they don't work smarter. They don't know what to do. So they spin their wheels and they stay in the same place, just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. And then along comes another artist who's less talented, less gifted, willing to work less hard that just goes miles past them and becomes successful because they took the time to learn how it actually all works. Yeah. It's yeah. so key. Yeah, it is. It is. And so right now it's 2015. Okay. Um, things have changed so much in the industry as far as My the God, way yes. that distribution is out. But at the same time, the rules are still the same, right? Yeah. So you still have to outwork everybody. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and so let me ask you, you know, the internet is a curse and it's a, and a blessing, blessing, right? Absolutely. I say that every day. What are some of your blessings that you've either seen or some advice that you that you can give to artists about the internet? We can talk well, about the, the curses all day. Absolutely. But the blessings are the fact that you can test music. You know, mm. back in the 90s when mm. I wanted to test a song to see if people would respond to it, I'd have to go to whatever club was hitting that, that night yeah. and and talk the DJ into doing me a favor and spin my record. And I, I couldn't just do it once because that's not a fair test. I would have to do it like every night for a couple weeks in a row. With the internet, I no longer have to do that. I can put out four or five records you know, on an artist and the fans will tell me almost within days what's hot and what's not you know so the internet is a blessing in 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 that in that context it's also a blessing because i no longer need a major record label Ooh, you know so. major record labels used to be the gatekeepers and in <laughs> order to reach fans you had to go through them today i don't have to do that today i can build a website for an artist mm and market and promote him or her properly and the fans will come and support that artist wherever wherever I put him or her so if facebook is is the venue that that they choose you know to be their 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 main page and it should never be right it should be a website but yeah, let's absolutely. say that, that that they choose facebook or twitter or instagram i can drive their fans wherever the wherever the artist is so that the fans can interact and support that artist and and like i said you know even 10 years ago or or 15 years ago we couldn't really do that the way we can today yeah yeah and you know what's sick about what you just said is not only can you drive their fans there but you can drive the artist straight to the fans because of the absolutely. way that facebook ads are set up and how you can absolutely or youtube and, oh ads God. absolutely Goodness it's, it's awesome yeah. but you know artists have to realize sometimes they think the internet is free mm, because tool. you can you know you can just hop on twitter and start spamming your music to mm, people mm -mm. and they have to realize that that doesn't work they they still need to understand how to market and how to promote and the fact that they still need a budget you've got to be able to buy those facebook ads you've got to be able to buy those youtube ads you've got to be able to move around on the streets within your city and your region to build real life existence and build real life fans so that those fans will go onto the internet and start talking about you mm -hmm. so artists just can't sit back and go oh it's free i can just sit at my house and become a star you can't you know, you really need to be able to move around. You need to be able to buy professional grade tracks. You need to be able to record. This is not a free industry. If you don't have a budget, you need to find an investor because you will surely languish without money in this industry, sadly. Yeah, yeah I think a lot of artists, they treat it like golf. It's not a hobby. Right. I mean, it can be right. if that's your goal, right? But at the end of the day, if you're looking, because, you know, I got homies, I got friends, and that's why I started my business and this blog and the, and the podcast, you know, my mentorship is because I have friends that just, they have kids. They, they, go to, they go to work every day, and then they take a lot of their money, damn near all of it, and put it into videos, and they just give it away for free. And I used to say, collect an email address or something, man. Something. You yeah. know, so... I respect that so much, and I'm glad that you said that about, you know, I mean, a, a label can help. 
I don't diss labels because they can bring a lot of traffic, but you got to know how to convert. You got to understand exactly. business, marketing. Exactly. It's even further than just, you know, uh, uh, putting a song up on YouTube. It's like, okay, if you put yeah, a song how are you going to monetize it? Exactly. You got to monetize that. Yeah, you can't just yeah. put it out there for free. You've got to be able to, you know, feed yourself and your family with your art form. You have to. And what what do you see in nowadays as far as singles versus maybe a not a CD or even a download of an album? Do you think singles are kind of, you know, maybe somebody should push more of a single than absolutely okay? And it's and by the way, it's always been that way. Um, it's much easier to push one song than it is a whole body of work. Mm. It, it's the way the industry has been structured since time began. So it's just it, it makes it makes sense not only to fans. But it makes sense to the way the industry is set up to run, like when you're going for radio play or when you're out on promotional tour and you see a DJ. The DJ doesn't ask you for your album. He asks you for your single. If you hand him 10 songs or even truthfully more than one or two, he, he's going to get confused and look at you blankly. You, you really need to have one song that stands out above all the rest. And then what that song does is it acts as a divining rod to bring the fans and the industry to the rest of your music. So if somebody really likes a song, they're going to spend the time to find out who you are and what else you have. I mean, we all have personal experiences where we heard a song and then say, well, what else does this person or this band or this group or this collective have? And then we fall in love and yeah. we buy everything that they have. Shirts. And that's your goal. Your goal is to hit them with one of your best so that they'll do the research and want to want to get down with your whole movement. Yeah. And what's – okay. And so you have these you have these artists. You have some – you know, I, I speak to a lot of artists as well and pro- definitely not as near as many as you. You are, you are, you know, great at what you do. And so I'd love to ask you this. What do you have to say to those artists that say, you know, I'm 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 an artist. I'm not really into the business. I don't like selling. A I mean, lot of artists are like that. I know. You know? Well, I mean, but in just fact, from, I'd, I'd even say most. Honestly, I, I know. Most I know. Artists. I know. Yeah. And and they're listening right now. You're that the, the one that's listening right now. Pay attention to what she's about to say because sometimes it's I think so you have to important. take your emotions, put them to the side. And just go about the business. Do you do you agree with that? I mean, because well, if you want to you know, feed your kids, how do you how do you how you do know, you manage I, that? Here's here's my thinking. It's very hard to squeeze a square peg through a round hole. Mm. If you're just not the person who's going to do the work, and you're not the person who has the business sense, you damn well better find somebody who <laughs> is. Yeah. You know, just like Jay Z found Dame Dash. Mm. You know, you need to have if you're not. If you're not an artist who can push their own stuff, you're going to need to have somebody behind you that can, you know, and and in a perfect world, it's going to be somebody who's a partner, not somebody who has signed you to their label, Mm. because a partner implies more of an equitable split, like, for example, 50-50. You know, if you and I partner up and we start a company, we're probably going to start at 50-50 because that's an equitable split. If I have all the leverage and you have no leverage and I see your value, I'm probably going to offer you somewhere between 10 and 20 percent and I'm going to keep 80 to 90 percent. That's a record deal. Mm -hmm. And and you don't want to be in a position where you work just as hard to make 10 or 20 percent as you do to make 50 or more. So the key is to find somebody that you trust that's great at business, that's a great mouthpiece, that understands the business, has some connections, some leverage, and can really help you get to the next level. Wow. Wow, you guys. She's giving a blueprint right now. <laughs> I appreciate that. And that's, I know that's what you do. I know you that's love talking do. about this. Yep. I know you do. Um, you know, and and it, it – I, I – What's one thing that's really exciting you about your business today? One thing that's exciting me about my business today mm-hmm. um, is the music. Mm. You know, and, and it's funny because I hear a lot of people that are older, like in my generation, that say, oh, hip hop is dead. I hate the music today. Mm. And maybe because I've been doing this so long and I've gone through so many transformations in the music. I mean, 
when I started listening to music, it was party music over break beats with some guy, you know, talking in a mic. And then it went to black nationalism, black power, you know, the public yeah. enemy X Clan era. And then from there, you know, and I'm not going to take you through the history of rap because it'll it'll bore the pants off of you. But I've seen so many changes and inclinations and you know wonderful offshoots of of the art form that I've learned to accept that it's not just one style or one thing. And the music today still excites me. I live in Atlanta. And I hear my New York friends say to me all the time, wow, it's a cultural void in Atlanta. The music is horrible. But you know what? It's really not because you can find anything in the city. You know, if you like more lyrical stuff, it's here. If you like more auto-tune stuff like the, like, you know, Future and the Migos, it's here. If you like the energy rap, like, uh, I don't know, Waka Flocka, it's here. If you like the street shit, like Jeezy and Gucci Man, it's here. If you like the, the, the authentic reality type rap, like of Trouble in Duct Tape, Alley Boy, it's here. Yeah. Like the music today covers every taste you could possibly have, good or bad. Exactly, I'm not saying yeah. that it's all good. What yeah. I'm saying is that it's all opinion. And what I may like you may hate what I may hate. You may think is the best shit on the planet. But the point is, there's something for everybody today. There's no longer a system of gatekeepers in place that say these 10 rappers are going to be the most popular and that's it. Today we have, you know, thousands of cable TV channels and we have hundreds of thousands of rappers so yeah. we can always find something we like yeah and you know just being a student of the game and you know I study you and what you've put out you know from how to get a record deal you know the knowledge to succeed your book at windyday.com you know not only studying that book and just you know reading up on the industry what I got from what you just said it just solidified you know what I'm telling these artists is find your niche find your really, niche really you know yep. and, and, and you know the and audience go for it. you everybody can have an audience you know everybody. what i mean yep but it's up to you to really find that how do you feel about emails and email marketing um you know i i i like email marketing when it's direct mm. email marketing what i don't like are the blasts and and i've really tried you know i've really tried blasting out songs through the different email providers and it just hasn't worked for me. That doesn't mean it wouldn't work for everybody. It just means that I don't get the benefit from it that I get from doing other things that are, you know, in, in the same cost value. But I think every artist needs to collect email addresses, him or herself, and put out a monthly newsletter. Let people know what's new, what you're doing, what's going on, where you're going to be performing. You know, if you're recording, who are you recording with? You know, have some system in place where you can pop up in, in somebody's email box once a month or every other month or at the very least once a quarter, yeah. you know, every three months to let them know what's going on with you because your fans want to know. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think the Internet has has changed the game in a sense of where it brought it back to what, what I like to call relationship marketing. Yes. You know, you have to build yes, that relationship build with that fan. Like a Taylor Swift. And you have to engage them. Yeah. You really do have to engage. and Yeah, you can't just blast. You have to You have to interact. You have to engage them. You have to tell them things that are true that they want to hear. Yeah. You know, don't just make shit up, but, <laughs> you know, let them know who you're recording with. Let them know what you're doing. Let them know, you know, what you're learning as you go through this this course of your life. You know, yeah. what's fun being an artist? What really sucks being an artist? Mm -hmm. Let them know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what, what vision do you have for the future? Um, you know, I think we're going to streaming. Mm -hmm. I think that um, all music eventually is going to be streamed, and I think it's going to be streamed on our phones. Um, and I think that's how we're going to get the bulk of our music. The upside to that is that um, we'll have access to everything. So if you're on Spotify, for example, or Pandora, um, you can discover new music by looking at playlists of people that you respect. You know, um, I, I respect this guy called Broke Mogul. He's the guy who did 
all of the music for Entourage, mm. which was an HBO series a couple years ago. And I just thought that he had really great taste in music um, for Entourage. So I follow him. I follow him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I follow him on Spotify. And he's somebody whose playlists I listen to because 90% of the time I like what music's playing. So I think streaming is definitely the future of music. I also think that we're really oversaturated right now with artists. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, and this is a separate thought from streaming, obviously. Oh, I just cool. kind of, I kind of went right into it, but it's a separate thought. Um, we're so oversaturated with rappers right now. It's almost like we have more rappers than fans, <laughs> it feels like. And I think that that's going to start shaking out over the next year or two when people realize they can't make a living doing this as easily as they once did. I think it's going to shake out and it's going to separate the people that are doing this as a hobby versus the people that are doing this because it's their passion and they can't imagine doing anything else. So I think it's going to come back to the artists that are in existence will be the ones who can't live without doing this. And there's really some beauty in that passion. It it usually creates better music, better opportunities. Those artists usually work harder because they have no other choice. They have no recourse. You know, it's this or UPS. I'm going to work really hard rapping because I don't want a job at UPS. I can't do it. So I'm going to have to excel, you know? And, And I think that's the future of the urban music business. So real hip hop entrepreneurs, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. No fake the labels, the, the major labels are becoming dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. It's getting less and less profitable for them. So what I think is that we're all going to end up finding our own investors as artists and we're going to end up building our own companies and, and taking our own success out of here. And it will be more than just music. I think that it'll be branding, it'll be television, it'll be film, it'll be books. Yeah. It'll be whatever that artist is creative enough to do. You know, some artists are great painters. You know, some artists are great photographers. So they can make money doing all of their art mm. forms. It's really kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I see it. I see it already. And I, I'm so glad that you touched on that because a lot of people don't see that. But because you, you've done... The things that you've done, you can see. Sometimes you can see the future when you have experience. Like exactly. You, have, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, Wendy, we've now reached my favorite part of the show, which we're about to enter into the freestyle lightning round. But before we do that, <laughs> I'm just going to thank a couple of our sponsors. I've been on Audible for probably seven years before they were part of Amazon. I love Audible. And, and the reason that I, I don't like to promote things that I'm not passionate about, I read a lot of books. I'm, Me too. You know, I'm just into business. And now and, I listen. And now I listen, I listen right? And yep. so I feel like I'm 25, so I feel like people that are my age are and, and a little bit younger and even older, they don't read anymore. And so I feel like the excuse is given up. So I want to give artists and people that are listening the opportunity to um, – listen to books and really get this knowledge because there's no excuse for them not to have it. Exactly. And Audible is just awesome. It's so easy. It streams from my iPhone into my car. I can sit there in, in, in bed and let it play. I love Audible. Yeah, yeah. And then, I'm glad they sponsor you. That makes me happy. And then 99designs. I don't know if you've heard of 99designs.com. Uh, I haven't, but okay. I'm writing it down so that I can go there. Yeah, so 99designs is really cool. What I like about them is a lot of times, you know, like I said, my homies, they all rap and stuff like that, and they might use their local designer, which is cool. Some of them are really dope, but what happens is is that they only get that one design, and with 99designs, they can go on to this platform and they can get 30 40 designers sending them designs so they can pick oh my and gosh, choose that's awesome. you know at a premium and they have 7 to 10 days you know they can advertise it a little bit more and it just gets your design boom like that you know, I love that. And, and, and so, you know, I feel like that's something that artists can can definitely use. So those Me are the too. sponsors. You know. Oh, I mess with both of them. And thank you. Um, I'm going to go to 99 Designs as soon as we get off here because I think they can benefit my company. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And Audible, like I said, you know, for many, 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 many years I've come up off of that. I think it's like 15 bucks a month and it's yeah. worth every penny. Yeah, and you get credits, you know, you get free books sometimes. It's ridiculous. Exactly. It's awesome. You know? And what, what happens is, is that when they when they go through, you know, online rapmarketing.com slash audio 
A U D I O, they can they can get thirty days for free, so they can oh, test, test it out. So they can just stuff. test it out. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty sick. So you know, thank you for that. No and, excuse. You know, mm-hmm. so we thank you to your sponsors for showing you love. I love them for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we're back, and this is you know where I provide you with a series of questions where you're just going to come back at us, hip hop digital nation, with some dope ass answers. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds awesome. Let's right. do it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Um, the fear of not having a paycheck. That was probably the thing wow. that held me back the most. Um, I got over that real quick. <laughs> when, yeah, yeah. It, it, I can understand the passion probably came higher than that. Well, the passion's so important. You got to have passion for what you do because that's what makes it so you can stand up after life knocks you down. And life will. You're going to you're going to trip and fall a couple times, but the passion will help you get back up and stay on the same path. Yeah. What's the best advice that you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received is to feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm, I love that. Advice. I used to be the world's biggest fraidy cat. You know, if it, if if I wasn't comfortable, I didn't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and and I learned that by doing the same thing over and over and over, it was like running on a treadmill and I wasn't living life. I was just existing and I didn't want that for myself. Hmm. So I started taking risks and once I realized that, that taking risks didn't kill me, um, and, and every now and again I have to have this talk with myself again. It's not like you have this talk one time and you become Superman. Yeah. It's like you have to keep having this talk with yourself all through your life saying – Okay, why aren't you doing that? You know better. Go do that. Okay, yeah, I'll go yeah. do that. No, yeah. I, I have that same talk with myself too. So I, I think everybody does. Yeah, you have, it's it, just that nobody tells us. Exactly. Nobody ever says, I'm afraid <laughs> because it's not macho or something. Yeah, it's not cool. Yeah. Can you share one of your personal habits that you believe to that contributes to your success? Absolutely. Um, I have a book. I'm looking at it right now. It's just a regular notebook. And you can do this digitally, so don't don't listen to what I'm saying and say, oh, that's old school. I don't want to do it. But I have a regular notebook, like the kind you used in school with the spiral, spirals on one side. And every day of the week is written at the top of a page. Mm-hmm. So I have Monday on one page. You flip it over. On the back of the page is Tuesday. The next page is Wednesday. And it's a list of what I have to do and who I have to call. And after I do it, I cross it out. If I get to the end of that day and there's still some stuff that's not crossed out, I write it on the next day. And then when I wake up, I start all over again. I go through that. It's, it's the way that I keep track of who I have to call back. Um, you know, especially when people call you, I get, I get over 300 phone calls a day. So I have to make sure that I write down mm-hmm. the people that I'm supposed to call back because I will forget. Yeah. And people get so bent out of shape when you don't return their calls, like within 24 hours, <laughs> they really get upset, I know. you know, and they may not say it, but you can hear it in their voice. Yeah. So that system has been so time efficient for me when I wake up in the morning, there's no question about what I'm going to do that day. It doesn't mean it'll get done that day, but my intention is to complete everything within that day. Yeah. No, I feel so blessed. Was I on your list today? Yep. Yeah. And you were on my list. So You were actually on my list twice. Once to reach out to you before the call to find out what I had to do. Yeah. And then once again, you know, at a specific time to call in so that we could have this, so we could have this happen. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's a great, great tip. A lot of people don't talk about that. That's going back to the basics. You know, as far as just keeping a journal or some kind of, you know, some kind of information about what your day went like. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I smoke a lot of weed and I can't remember everything, you know, so I can't remember exactly. So I know that you can't, yeah, you gotta write it down. Yeah. I have to write it down. So, and that's how, that's how you become effective. When, when people know they can depend on you because you're going to get it done, they start giving you money. It's the most amazing thing. It's crazy. So, you know, do you have an internet resource like a Dropbox or, a, you know, Audible that you're just in love with that you would like I'm to share? I'm in love with Zite. Z-I-T-E.com. Z-I-T-E. I'm in love with Zite. I'm a knowledge junkie and Zite is like a magazine that you personalize. So I have a lot of really varied interests. My interests range from the music industry to 
um, prison reform, from prison reform to um, wearable technology. So I like Google Glass. I like, you know, I, I like the, the idea of the new um, Apple Watch that's coming. You know, yeah. I bought a Pebble Watch when they first came out. So I've got a really eclectic, varied taste. So in my little Zeit magazine, I can tell it all these different things that I enjoy, like graffiti, mm-hmm. and it'll feed me articles every day, and it changes even throughout the day um, on these topics. You know, I want to I want to learn more about futures and banking and derivatives. So that's in my list as well as you know um, the drug war. Yeah. You know, I, I think the drug war is a, a tremendous waste of resources, and I think it's a tremendous joke. So the articles that it feeds me on the drug war keep me up to date about what's really going on. And, you know, the government has really done a 360 on its stance on the drug war just in the past year and a half. And I've noticed that by reading the articles that come through Zeit.com. And Zeit's also an app, like on Android or... Yeah, I I was going to ask, yeah. Yeah, I read it on my iPad, but I love Zeit. That's cool that you that you are into like prison reform. My father was a prisoner of the drug war, so you know that's crazy. for about over twenty years. So it's you know it's it, it is pretty crazy. It's, it's interesting. It I, met, I met my husband in prison. Okay. I mean, he was in prison. I wasn't. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. he was a, a dope boy in the nineties when it was real profitable, like back in the Rick Ross era. Yeah, and he got caught and he served seventeen years. See. And I met him in the last two years of his sentence. And when he got out, you know, we were, we were friends. He's from Louisiana. I lived in Atlanta at the time. And we were friends for about a year. And then we started to date. And then we got married and we've been together. You know, I've known him for four years that he's been out, but we've been together two and a half years. Wow. Wow. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's what's up. And, and you know, Hip Hop Digital Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we've been chatting about in today's episode by just going to onlinerapmarketing.com slash Windy Day. Um, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? The 48 Laws of Power. I love it. By, by uh, It's Robert Greene, right? Yep. Is it Richard Greene or Robert Greene? Ro- I think it's Robert, Robert Greene. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, though, I, I don't recommend it because I want people to read it and become yeah, that. yeah. Um, because it's really about the negative side of humanity, but you know, in the music business, as you as you attain a little bit of success, you you kind of learn that there's some really evil people at the top, and mm-hmm. and I hate to say that because they're not all evil, but there's a lot of people at the top that are very Machiavelli ish yeah. in whatever the word is, and when I read the Forty Eight Laws of Power. It made me understand the negative aspects of humanity better so that I could accept it and be able to cope with it. So I never read it as a, as a, as a blueprint for who I wanted to become. Yeah, absolutely. Because you'd become like one evil bastard if you read that book and <laughs> used it as a, you know, as a blueprint. But it, it helped. Like, for example, one of the things that I learned was when you help somebody to become a superstar, it's very hard for them to accept the fact that there's people that help them get to that level. And they usually end up shitting on those people because they need to be able to soar by themselves. Having to pay homage to somebody all the time holds them back. And I never understood, you know, I've built a lot of superstars in the music industry and I never understood why they'd become like super big and forget where they came from and, you know, never give back or never mention the people that helped them get to where they are today. And when I read the 48 laws of power, I understood and it helped me become at peace with that. Yeah. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong. It just is what it is. And it helped how I internalize that in others and it put me at peace and what more can you ask for in life than you know to be at peace and be comfortable yeah no i read the book and i recommended it to my girlfriend you know and the reason i told her i said look i just want you to know 
how people react. I don't want you to yes. think everybody out there has the same intentions that you do because she, you know, and I and I and I said that was because that's my experience. You know what I'm saying? Same I'm, here. I have I have high integrity, all these different things, same but here. not everybody but most not. Exactly. exactly. So it's like exactly. good to learn about things, you know, that are happening to me instead of me saying why I can be like, oh, I need to be more careful. Yep. No, I love exactly. that. I love that. Exactly. And, and I recognize it sooner. And and I got to tell you, the music business, there's something about <laughs> fame-based industries that attract this type of person. Mm-hmm. You know, people that want to pimp others and make money off of their art form. And I don't know why it is, but I do know that it is. And that book was a blessing for me. It came out in 98, and it really helped me understand. Even today, I mean, that I reread that book once or twice a year. It's just really helpful. Yeah. Have you heard of his new book, Mastery? Uh-huh. Mastery is a great book. I didn't like his seduction book too much. Yeah, I didn't. And, and maybe okay. that's just because I'm female. <laughs> no, but, but it, really it, was, it was a little different. It was a little different, but Mastery is a phenomenal book. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. And yeah. and I wish he'd write another book. I, you know, he's somebody that I really want to like call him up and say, "Dude, <laughs> one a year, come on, get with it, come on." Yeah, yeah, you know. And hip hop digital nation, you feel me? You guys and, and girls that are listening, that you ladies and men, if you haven't already, you can get the audio version of this book or any book you want for free by just going to onlineratmarketing.com/audio. That's online ratmarketing.com slash audio. Windy Day, this next question is the last of the lightning round, but it's a killer. It's, it's, it's crucial, right? Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world. It's straight up just like the earth that we have now. You knew no one. You still have all the, everything that you, that you know, all the knowledge that you currently have, right? Your food, your shelter, you have Wi-Fi. It's all taken care of. But all you have is a laptop and 500 bucks. What would you do in the next seven days to become successful? I would start promoting. Um, I would I would find it. You said it's like a mirror image of Earth. Exactly. So there's businesses and, correct, and stuff. Correct. Um, I would probably do it outside of the music business because yeah. that's where the need is. Um, but I would go to my local restaurants. I would go to the local um, gyms. I would go to car dealers. And I would offer my services to help promote for them. Um, I'd probably pick about five companies at first um, since all of my creature comforts are taken care of, you just mentioned. Um, So I'd pick probably five different companies in five different fields. And I would go hard for them. I'd use the $500 to print up flyers. And I would get out there and just start to promote. And then I would go back to each of those companies after a little bit and find out how much new business has been brought in for them. There's no way they're not going to hire me to continue because they're going to like the results that they saw. And then once I can use them as examples of my success, I would go to others in those same fields and in those same um, neighborhoods and areas using the people that I've just gotten incredible results for as my success stories. And I would build such a strong promotion company, turn it into an advertising company, and then turn it into like a worldwide conglomerate. Wow. Wow, you guys. That is that is some game right there. And if you But it all comes down to promotion. Like everything we do in life, if we don't promote, you know, it the word doesn't spread. And you gotta know how to convert too. Yes. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because you can get a lot of play and then shit. You need to monetize it. Yeah. Yep. You know, Wendy Day, I have truly enjoyed listening to your journey and all the stories. I enjoyed this so much. Yeah, you shared – everything you shared was really inspiring. So if if you could just give Hip Hop Digital Nation just one parting piece of guidance and just let us know the best way that we can get in touch with you and then we're going to say our goodbyes. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to come back to learn the industry. You know, read as much as you can, read as many books as you can, read as many websites as you can. I know there's a lot of misinformation out there about how the industry works, but look for the folks that aren't selling a service. Look to the folks that really just want to impart wisdom that have actually built success before you and learn from them. Learn as much as you possibly can. Um, the best way to get a hold of me is by email. I'm at this is Wendy Day 
at Gmail. Um, my website that links to everything I do is wendyday.com. And let me take a last few seconds to thank you for what you're doing because I know there's no money in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I know that you're doing this for the love. And it's so awesome because without people like you doing what you do, your fans and followers couldn't learn from you. They would never, ever be able to hear me speak and have access to me if you weren't doing this. Yeah. So I love you for this. I know you don't get thanked enough. Thank you. Um, I know you give up part of your life. You could be with your family. You could be in bed. You could be you know, making money. You could be doing a million other things, and yet you choose to be doing this for the love as opposed to for the money. And I really, really respect you for that. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Wendy Day. And, no, thank you. You know, Hip Hop Digital Nation is, is they're well aware that they can just find the links to everything of value that we mentioned in today's episode by just going to online rapmarketing.com, clicking on the podcast tab and just finding you in the archives. You know, I thank you for being so generous with your time. It's, it's, I'm, I'm happy to. Please you know, reach out to me anytime. Yeah. Anybody listening, you know, email me. Let's just see how approachable I really am. Yeah, no, she it'll really, blow your wig off. She really is, and and I I salute you, Hip Hop Digital Nation. Salute you, and we're thank gonna keep love. it rocking. Thank you for joining us today, and head over to onlinerapmarketing.com for our dope blog articles, resources, and just some good value. Follow your dreams, cash out, and keep flowing. Yo, what's up? This is Corey Lee Griffin, and I'm just letting you know that there is an opportunity for you to work with me one-on-one. And if you are interested in doing that to expand your brand, to get more profits online, just hit me up at Corey at OnlineRapMarketing.com. That's C-O-R-E-Y at onlinerapmarketing.com and take a listen to one of my clients, what they got to say about the services that I provide. This is entrepreneur Adam Carson coming to you guys, owner and operator of Coat Films and Coat Creative. I uh, want to take a second to let you guys know about my guy, Corey Griffin. Uh, met this guy on Twitter. I uh, was in the, uh, on the hunt for some good online rap marketing strategies. Uh, came across them uh, Hooked up with his online rap marketing website, uh, opened a lot of his emails that he was uh, sending out regarding the music business and uh, different ways that us uh, as business owners are failing to uh, monetize um, our business. So um, uh, definitely invested into Corey, um, put trust in him. It was definitely worth the money, uh, worth the investment. Um, I now have... uh, uh, I'm building a list for, for my artist um, email list, and uh, we are getting leads. We are getting conversions. We are uh, selling merch on our website now. Um, so I'm no longer looking at this as a hobby. Uh, this has become an official business after dealing with Corey. And, uh, you know, he's also kept me on track with uh, some of my personal goals that I've had over time, but uh, have been able to be able to accomplish them. So, uh, um, shout out to Corey, man. Uh, and you guys out there looking for a great online marketing guy that uh, has your best interest, I would definitely recommend Corey Griffin to you. Um, www.onlinerapmarketing. Um, uh, best wishes to you guys. Uh, make sure you get in contact with them. Careful of residue, I'm vegetarian, I keep the vegetables. When I pick her up, yeah, she be so clean, I cut her up, like Hannibal. Sipping this lean got me sleepy, I just pop the molly, so I'm sticking. Then it comes sipping through traffic, and this money coming out of Madden. My OG, he taught me a trick, he gave me the recipe, now I'm finessing it. Better get up moving and selling it, we brush your head for telling it. Keep my eyes open for 12, I don't need another sale. Serve who I want to serve, just to stay up out of jail. You gotta watch out for 12 in the trap house, moving this work out of trap house. Whole lot of scraps in the trap house. Fish in a bando, in the trap house. Running through scales in the trap house. Shoot good love to the trap house. Cat them bands out of trap house. Trap house, trap house, trap house, trap house. Watch out for 12 in the trap house. Moving this work out of trap house. Whole lot of scraps in the trap house. Fish in a bando, in the trap house. Running through scales in the trap house. Trying to move bands in the trap house. Got them bands out of trap house. Trap house, trap house, trap house, trap house. Every damn time in the trap house. Got weed, got scales. 
sales in a trap house. Got me, got Kush, got lean, got pills, anything you can sell in a trap house. Got flash screens all in the trap house. Got cameras all in the trap house. Got if and then, nigga, that'll shoot your ass, nigga, if you come and try to play with my trap house. Trap all down day to the night, girl. In the trap house, moving that white, girl. Little bro got a spot in Savannah with the work in the bit. We get bust, that's life, girl. We ain't leaving this bitch till the good gone. You know, jug in the cut, then the jug gone. But a block two times, seen a white crown vet, then the spot getting hot, nigga, jug gone. Gotta watch off a 12 in the trap house. Moving this work out of trap house. Whole lot of scraps in the trap house. This in a bando, in the trap house. Running through scales in the trap house. Jug full love to the trap house. Got them bands out of trap house. Trap house, trap house, trap house, trap house. Just a young nigga getting money. I, I, I was only 15. Kept counting all the more hundreds. Now I'm getting all blue cheese. 39 bands came out of trap house, young nigga. Money couldn't fold. I, I, I was getting no money. Been looking like money. Sugar around the city. What my nigga drill, man. First of all, turn left. We get money, nigga. And we still drilling. Gotta watch out for 12 in the trap house. Moving this work out of trap house. Whole lot of scraps in the trap house. This in a band, though. In the trap house. Trap out, trap out, trap out, trap out.